In the hell do you think you are? We know each other. He's a friend from work. Join me, and I will complete your training. With our combined strength, we can end this destructive conflict and bring order to the galaxy. Robert better not get in my face. Because I'll drop that motherfucker. You're unbearably naive. Well, I was born yesterday. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. I am a god, you dull creature. And I will not be bullied by that. Puny god. Does, does, does anyone want to talk movies? Yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. That's why we're here. Welcome back, everybody, to the Culture Cult Podcast. I am Drake Fremsdorf. I'm also a little under the weather, as you can hear. Uh, I get sick quite often, but uh, this is episode 11. Thank you guys for listening, wherever you're listening. Thank you. It's a big one. Episode 11 is a big one. No, it's not. It's a huge one. Oh, okay. Yeah, see what I did there? I was like, dude, you're going to like no-sell our guest? A little pause for dramatic effect. Wow. Got me. Yes, on this episode, we have an interview. The one with, we've been teasing for like over a week. With Mr. Sean Chandler. Um, Sean Chandler is a, a guy that me and Justin found. Uh, Justin found him before me, but I've been following him on YouTube now for... About a year for you, I think. A year and a half. Yeah. And you probably... Two, two years. Two years. So... We talked We talked about that in the interview. I found his Hard Target 2 review. That was the first one that I watched, and he was... He liked that story, so I think I found one of his trivia games. I sent it and to then, you. Yeah, I, I was like, because you were you. I talked. We talked about it on there too. It was called Masters of Movie Trivia, mm-hmm. and him and like Cody Leach and a couple other guys that he collaborates with a lot. And you had turned me on to Collider and the Movie Trivia Schmodown, and I was like, hey, this is kind of like a fun little thing they're doing. And then, you know, and now we sort of do that every now and then with our little leagues we're in. So, and he has a lot of ranking videos. You know, I'm a big rankings guy. That's like his niche. So I think I you know. It. He has like his, we, we, we sort of talked about his un, unabashed love of like Jean-Claude Van Damme and things that I really enjoy. So he'll review like single release Blu-rays and like straight to video movies and stuff like that. And then for you, you're like a rankings whore. Like you love rankings. So he's right up your alley. Oh, for sure. He, and he does obscure rankings and rankings that are uh, topical. Like yeah. he just did M. Night, all of M. Night Shyamalan's movies after Glass. But- I, think, I think he alludes to the fact that his biggest video that people know him from was when he ranked all the marvel villains i remember him doing that yeah so yeah um and also i wasn't able to sit in on the interview i was in st louis had things going on and justin and he was scheduled to be uh for an interview at one o'clock and i was not going to be back until about three three thirty so it is just old justin day and i'm very proud of you buddy thank you very proud i'm of you. threw my guts up after this interview i hope yeah, sean's I listening you, you gave me a call man I'm so proud of you, though. Just a quick story. You know, usually when you Skype call someone, which is what we did, because I do that a lot with the other podcasts that I do, and usually it takes you know two or three beeps, and you kind of get your, you know, your air about you, and you're good. I'm like, no one ever answers on the first one. I called him right at one as soon as it turned one, and the professional he is, he answered before it even rang a half a second, and my heart went through my intestines. It was well. that was some self editing. <coughs> it was brutal, brutal cough there. But yeah, it was. Yeah, so I was nervous, but he was a, such a cool guy, and I couldn't thank him more. But yeah, as soon as I hung up, 
I went and I had had a bottle of water during the show and all of that came up through the old guzzle. It came right back up into the toilet and then I and then uh, that was right after I talked to you actually. I no, was like, no. I was like, I'm going to go throw up and you were like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun. Just nerves. So yeah, I couldn't thank him enough and go and kick it to the interview, right? This is a very special interview that we are about to listen to with Sean Chandler. What an honor I have for you guys today, listeners of the Culture Cult. I am joined by a guy that I have watched for a few years now. I think I might surprise him when we talk about the first uh, first video of his I ever saw. But without further ado, we're joined by Mr. Sean Chandler. Sean, how are you doing today? I am doing good. Thank you for having me. Sweet, man. No, thank you for coming. Absolutely. We're absolutely thrilled. I speak for uh, myself and Drake. And we're, we're absolutely excited to have you on. So how's the weather down in Texas? Like, started off pretty easy. It is very cold for Texas. And what are uh, we talking cold for Texas? Right at 32 degrees, so oh, it's right at freezing. That's right where uh, we're at. Yes- we're right at 33, so. Yesterday we had um, light, very light snow and sleet. Nothing that accumulated really, nothing that stuck. But, you know, in Texas, anytime you have anything resembling snow or sleet, it's like, wow, it's snowing. I mean, a very – the smallest possible amount that you could call – snowing is what we got oh yeah and no one wants to drive everyone's like we're just gonna stay inside everyone loses their mind i'm originally from louisiana i moved to missouri when i was like eight years old so i'm pretty pretty familiar with how they treat uh cold weather down there in the south (laughs) well when i drive a truck for a living and so that was like a serious consideration like all right watch out for the roads like there could be ice on the roads like really there's this (laughs) This is nothing. There's nothing. Like, like nothing. Relax. Is I got it. It's a, it's it's a light rain, basically. I got it. We can handle it. Sweet man. Well, I guess that's a that's a good way to start as ever, man. Uh, how how do we get here? Was a, a thing that I wrote down first in my notes. I mean that in terms of like I know you are you are you deliver paint right still. You put in your two week notice though, right? Or you're thinking about it? I saw that on Twitter. So you still deliver uh, paint currently for for about one more month. One more um, month. We're like, I, I've been very open with my boss about it. And so whatever day that tweet went out, I mean, I talked with my boss, a one-on-one like, Hey, uh, you're ready for me to quit. And they're like, yeah, we've got your replacement lined up whenever you're ready, we can move forward. And so then it's just kind of finalizing the insurance stuff that my wife and I are working on and a couple other bank type things. And then trying to use all of my dental benefits for my current job. So just it's use like, them up. Right. Yeah, literally it's like, oh, like all of us trying to get into the dentist to just get dental work done in the next month. And so it, that's literally all that's holding me back. Everything, all the everything's lined up for to have a smooth transition once we've taken full advantage of the dental benefits. So smart. My fiance works at a dental place and she didn't need braces, but we're getting married in like a year. And she was like, I kind of want my teeth to be perfect. So they get braces for free. And so she went ahead and did that yeah. immediately. So I'm like, oh, you're 25 with braces, but it's okay. We'll be quick with it. But yeah, if so- it's free, absolutely go for it. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's expensive. That's, and it lasts a lifetime or should last a lifetime. I'm awful with any sort of like doctors or dentists or whatever. So I'd like for them, there's like this new thing where they like put you, put you to sleep and they do everything and you wake up and you're in massive pain for like a week, but everything's done. There's like, no, you go there like once every two months and they do one thing there and one thing there. So 
I might look into that, but I don't know. I'm really bad when it comes to uh, checkups and stuff. I'm not a big doctor guy. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm engaged. And so this was something, you know, going into the digital space. And like I said, you were an inspiration. I don't know. That's probably weird to say. It probably sounds weird for me to say that to you, but you were because we sort of have similar taste in movies. Like the first time I ran across you, actually, I'm a big Hard Target fan. Okay, gotcha. It was something that I grew up watching with my dad and stuff and, and watching the action type movies and mm-hmm. Hard Target 2 came out. Yep. <laughs> and I'm uh-huh. like, I'm like, I know Scott Atkins a little bit, don't really know too much about him. I'm like, I wonder if anyone really reviewed that. And sure enough, Sean Chandler talks about and you're talking about Hard Target 2. Interesting. That, that is, was the that first a, one. That is a story right there. Yeah. Um, so basically on my channel, in my first couple of months, um, one of my, my second video that kind of got some traction was reviewing the Jean-Claude Van Damme pilot for Jean-Claude Van Johnson. And I was like, Hey, let me, I like Jean-Claude Van Damme. And he, they put this pilot out just one episode and I reviewed it and it got like 5,000, 6,000 views in a weekend, which at the time was like, wow, I've made it on YouTube. Oh yeah. That's incredible. Uh, it was, it was crazy for me. Cause I, I mean, I had maybe under a hundred subscribers, maybe 150 subscribers at the time. So it was huge. And so then my, one of my things I did my whole first year was try and look ahead of like, what are some of these small action movies that are coming out that have Scott Atkins? They did the kickboxer remake was another big one for me. And so then that it was a very intentional thing for me to try and get a hold of that wave and hard target two did all right. But it didn't do 5,000. It did like 500, which at the time was still great for me. Um, that's interesting that, you, that that's your first one. Most, everyone says it's an MCU ranking. And so I'm, I'm very happy to hear that uh, someone stuck around from Hard Target 2. Um, I don't, I'd forgotten that movie existed. Yeah. I want to forget it existed, <laughs> but no. So yeah, so I, I had bought it and I'm like, you know what, let me just see if anyone reviewed it. And, and that's how I found you. And I was like, Hey, talking to, about my co-host Drake, I was like, you need to check this guy out because he was mm-hmm. kind of turning me on to Collider at the time and the Schmo down. And it was probably, you know, maybe six months down the line or whatever. I remember you did like masters of movie trivia and that yeah. had like one thing. So I've sort of, I don't want to be like, I've been around for a while, but I feel like I've been around for a while and I've kind of seen you sort of grow and kind of, I felt like maybe, you know, and somewhat, you know, seeing you from there, I felt like, you know, I kind of, I kind of get to watch it and I'm sitting there kind of silently like taking notes like, all right, man, this is a guy who like, I was 23 at the time. And even then I was like, man, YouTube's like a young kid space. So like, maybe I'm a little too old to be hopping into this thing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, man, but like, because at, at the same time, I'm afraid, you know, that people with the taste of movies that I might have might not be accepted in this sort of bubble. Like, you know, like I tried to watch Phantom Thread last night and I just watched Lionheart, man. I was like, I can't, I can't get into this. Exactly. I'm like, this is just not for me. <laughs> so to like see I- someone, you know, with similar tastes kind of grow and evolve and become what you've become is incredible for a guy like me who has similar tastes. Yeah, that it's it's interesting for me now because, uh, you know, when people ask what I do for a living, I'm like, oh, by day I deliver paint and by night I review movies. And then, you know, soon that's going to be I just review movies. And so when I talk to people my age, they don't you – know, oh, did you see Roma? Oh, did you see uh, – like, <laughs> I couldn't uh, finish actually, Roma either, just throwing that, that out there. <laughs> And like I'm struggling to try and get through all the Oscar movies. It's like, and I and I can, I probably enjoy them a little bit more than you, just because I like all movies. But yeah, I I would much rather watch even Hard Target too. It's much easier for me to. That's more watchable for me right. than something that's better. Like I know Roma's going to be the better movie. I know that um uh you know the favorites a better movie or whatever. But 
just what do I default to just wanting to watch as entertainment? Well, of course, I'm just go for the junk food. That's a, the action I, lo- I love that you've taken that phrase. Like you've called them like Taco Bell movies or the like fast food genre. Like I, I understand like Roma is a beautifully shot movie and I can understand it from that aspect. But if you put like the Blu-ray copy of like Roma, if they ever made one and then like final score in front of me, I'm just going to pop in final right. score. Right. That was actually, that was a really good direct-to-video one. That was one that surprised me a little bit. Yeah, because, you know, you said, you know, a lot of people see you with your MCU rankings, your MCU stuff, and, you know, I completely understand that. that that's probably your more, you know, your, that drives more people to your channel, but you still kind of stick around, and I think it was just on your, like, say your, one of your, like, biggest surprises was Final Score. So I think, you know, you still sort of like to enjoy those types of movies when you can. <laughs> Yeah, and one of, one of the things I'm doing right now is every month I'm trying to uh, I'm going to rank every movie that I saw that's a new release. And so I watch a lot of these direct-to-video action movies and direct-to-Netflix stuff, but I, it just probably wouldn't be the best use of my time to review it on my channel. And so now there's a mechanism by which I can talk about those each month, and that's one of the reasons why. So I can both talk about when I see the artsy movies that I don't really talk about on my channel and when I can talk about <laughs> the junk food action movies that I saw see on my channel um, and try and push people towards – all the different stuff that I see, even though it's not necessarily content that I want to put out on a daily basis. Well, yeah, and it's absolutely a way to get get more content. And that was something I wanted to talk to you about because as you've sort of made this transition, I don't remember when it was, but you basically put out a picture and it was like, you know, once I realized that this channel was going to become more than just a hobby for me, I think you got an LLC for your channel. And so these things have sort of been in the works for a while and is it your work ethic you think that sets you apart? I was listening to you did the like biggest tips for you know YouTube beginners and stuff like that on your other channel, and you were talking about you set out a monthly sort of like list. You you grab like a calendar or a planner or whatever it is, and you set out the month. You have like a quarter of the year already planned out in terms of okay, this movie's coming out. This I got to get the review out then. Do you think that's one of the things that separates you from most creators is just your your work ethic and your commitment to putting out as much content as possible? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think there's a couple of different things that kind of tie into, if you look at, I, I don't know, there's not a way, I, it's awkward to talk about some of this because it, it only feels like just talking myself up or being arrogant, but like in my little corner of YouTube, the people that started around a certain period of time is uh, that we all kind of know each other. As best I can tell, I'm the largest by a lot. Um, and I think that it goes back to my background is I have some video editing, communication, public speaking background. So just naturally, I had a toolkit when I started that was ahead of most people. I had more tools than most people starting out. And I had more personal skills, personal gifting going into it. And so I knew I probably had the edge for that reason. And then on the other side to it, the question you just asked, do I think that my work ethic is part of why I'm ahead of a lot of – have excelled? I, I think absolutely. Um, I, I don't know how much time other people put into their channels. I obviously can't watch what they're doing, but it's hard for me to perceive that uh, most any of these other people are putting in as much time as I am into my editing forward thinking. Just like I don't – when I tell people how far out I'm thinking, planning, looking at things, when I, t- when I talk about looking at my analytics, audience retention, I don't hear anyone else kind of using a lot of that language. Um just when it comes to uh, the just like last year, I listened to over 50 audiobooks and then read, you know, about 10 more. 
good old fashioned paperback books. Mm-hmm. Um, and the entire purpose was I last year, I believed this is the year my life is going to change. January 1st, I was like, this is the year where things are going to change. And if things are going to change, I have to have the freshest mind I can have. I have to have the best ideas flowing through my head. And therefore, I'm just going to commit to get through as many books as I possibly can. And that 60-ish books finished last year is doesn't give the full picture of all the education that I was pursuing. I also went through several master classes on masterclass.com. I invested a good bit of money into several YouTube cl- courses. And then someone gave me a Brendan Brochures, uh, very expensive online marketing course as well that I went through. And so I went through about four or five different online marketing courses, some courses on filmmaking, storytelling, and then 60 plus books last year, plus deeply digging into my analytics, plus putting out five to eight videos every single week, plus constantly upgrading my editing. I don't know anyone that's even close to putting that much work no, into their no, channel. No, I agree. Um, and, and, and you and see it, it. I mean, you see it. I mean, you see it in the way that your videos have evolved even in the past, you know, 12 months. Absolutely. It's awkward for me sometimes because people ask me, hey, have you ranked this yet? And I go, oh, absolutely. Here it is. And I go, oh, I don't want to share that with them. <laughs> yeah, no, because you're, you're evolving. Everything is sort of changing in your mind. Like, I love how you, you're you honest when you do your MCU thing or whatever. You're like, hey, I might have watched this in the past. And you're always kind of shifting and, and, and shaking. Yep. Well, I, I, even in trying to figure out my content strategy, one of the things I constantly is a fear in my mind is that I repeat rankings. I When a new movie comes out, I update it. And so when you have franchises like the MCU or Marvel Netflix seasons, it's, it's something I think about a lot. Like, am I putting out too many? When am I going to tap this well? When am I going to – when is this going to backfire on me? And some people comment already like, oh, you're just milking this. And like, eh, that's – there's a strategy to this. There's, it's very intentional what I'm doing. And – if I know this is going to get 200,000 views, I'm, I'd be stupid not to post it. Like, like that would be just dumb to, to not do it. Um, if you want to call that being greedy, that's – people are interested. There's demand. I, I don't even understand. That's what we're trying to do. Um, but so I think about it a lot. Am I just repeating things too many times? And so I have everything that I did in like 2017. I want to redo it. So Indiana Jones, Back to the Future, all these kind of classic franchises that I, right out of the gate when I started doing rankings, I want to redo all of them to my current style. Well, as you uh, should. I mean, as you should. I mean, first off, it's it's uh, there it was a, I remember there was a tweet you put out. Uh, like it was like in September, I believe, maybe earlier. And it was you had posted a video and basically it was the same thing you're talking about. He was accusing you of like basically trying to create money, like basically just like you're doing this just to, okay, you're making a video longer to create revenue. Do you, do you recall that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't, you, uh, you probably don't, I don't remember the tweet, but I, but I get that one from time to time people. So it's something I'm very frequently like, really, yeah. really? And I kind of responded and I was like, man, like this is a good thing. Like you're basically just, this means that people think that, you know, you, at least you're looking the part and it's essentially like you are becoming what, you know, what you want to be in a way. And you were like, yeah, I appreciate it. You know, and all that sort of thing, you know, but it's a weird transition, right? So like, when does your mindset change from like, okay, this is, you know, a hobby that could become something to now it is becoming a viable source for you. All right. So, um, there's kind of two answers to it. Um, in the one sense from the very beginning, my mindset was, I want this to grow. So I'm going to treat it like a job. 
And uh, so I've got a I've got several additional channels out there, but one of them I started a couple years back called Real Creators, and I put some stuff on when I was under a thousand subscribers, and then just in the last couple of weeks I started posting on there again. But when I was under a thousand subscribers, one of the videos that I put out on this channel it said, um, "If you want to grow, treat your channel like a job." So even when I was under a thousand subscribers, I wasn't making you know I was making ten dollars a month on YouTube. And my thought was, I need to treat this like a job if I want it to grow. I need to analyze. I need to think, would I fire myself if I was my employee? And I have to just constantly keep getting better. So in the one sense, there's always been that thinking in my mind of, I have to treat this seriously. Sometimes I don't want to make a video, and that's not a good enough reason not to make a video. I need to just do this, and I need to figure out how to do it with quality, even when I'm not just inspired. So that was always there. As to the more specific, when did things really change? Uh, that would be in the fall of 2017. Uh, I kind of was at that point in time where I'd been doing this for over a year and had 2,000, 3,000 subscribers. And I, I I was at the point in time with, in my life where I was like, I need to get a, a better job than delivering paint. Like I, this is not sustainable. Uh, I've depleted all of the reservoirs and stuff of me being in this job. Uh, this transitional job's not working. YouTube's not taking off. I don't know if maybe YouTube's, I'm almost done at this. So I started applying for several different jobs um, through a set of circumstances and had some interviews. And one of them was looking very good. I wouldn't have had to move. And for my resume with my background, it would have been a great position for me to have. Great set of connections great potential for upward mobility, but it was in the field that I was in before, which is church world, which church world was not really healthy for me and my family. And so at the running parallel to this, my YouTube channel started to get a little bit of traction. And then Thor Ragnarok came out and I put out my updated MCU ranking. Prior to this video, my video with the most views had 22,000, which at the time I was like, wow, 22,000 people watch something. I put out my updated ranking after Thor Ragnarok, and it ends up getting like 300,000 views. And it just Jeez. takes off uh, pretty quickly. And it starts having days where it's getting 20,000 views, 30,000 views. And it's just one video, and, you, and I'm looking at the numbers, and I'm going, I am making money off of this, but I'm not making enough money to quit my job. I'm not insane. <laughs> but it was something that I looked at, it and I went, this is actually working. Like what I'm doing, I'm creating something that that people are resonating with. And once, it, and once you start to get traction on YouTube, the algorithm starts working for you. People complain about the algorithm, but they're, they're probably not making – they're not quite there yet. They're, they're not, not making the, the best use of, of it, probably. Yeah, yeah. they're not doing best practices, and their quality is probably not really where they think it is because mm -hmm. we all think we're great. <laughs> like we look at it, we're proud of our work. Like I'm doing good stuff, but you're probably not as good as you think you are if you're not really starting to get traction or there's something in your best practices or you haven't narrowed your niche enough. And so this video starts getting traction, and this is running right parallel with this job interview I was having that was um, – it, it was a very good opportunity for where I was at, and it would resolve our, our family's financial troubles where we were at. And I came home, and one day after a – week, a week two after this YouTube video started taking off, and I went to my wife and I went, I don't think I'm taking this job. I, th I don't think – I don't 
do you want to go, me to go back to church world? She's like, no, I don't really want you to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm just doing this for the money. And that's a terrible reason to go into church world, especially because there's not a lot of money in church world. And she's like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't think you want you to do that either. Um, and I think this video shows me there's enough hope that this will fill the gap in our finances. It's there's beautiful. enough hope. Yeah. Like we know, I know what to do now. I know it's working in this video that I did for the, that took off. I changed my editing style. It was the first one where I went, I'm not going to like do podcast style rankings. I'm going to talk about each movie in this franchise for about 30 seconds. And so I ranked the whole MCU at under 10 minutes and it took off and I went, Oh, that's the secret here. I need to make something that's watchable. Like I would never watch one of my old videos that was 30 minutes long because I don't have time to watch a 30 minute long ranking. Well, even then, like time. I mean, like even now, I look at the the attention span of the average American. I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's 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 they they like the uh, snack size bites of stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And that's kind of where I was like, I I'm gonna try something different with this video and see what happens. Well, what happened was it changed my life. It literally changed my life by changing my editing style for this one video. And so that was the first one where I started like really get kind of see multiplication in growth. It was like, wow, there's, there's something here. And then and that's like, uh, and that's like, you know, that's like 16 months ago ish. That's not even, you know what I'm saying? It's has been, you know, a very quick turnaround for you. It's very impressive. Yes. And so that was November. Um, a couple weeks after that, I got my first sponsorship, which was like, wow, they're paying me money for every video. This is awesome. <laughs> and then two weeks after that, my wife loses her job, hmm. which is like, uh oh, we were, we were like, I just said no to this job that would have paid the bills. She gets fired from her job. She calls her connections at the company she's with. She was working at a local franchise uh, for a company called SurfPro. She calls her connections higher up at the company. And by the end of the day, she's basically offered a promotion, huge promotion. She was part-time. They invent a new job for her that's full-time where she still works from home. And it has several benefits along with it. It's much more prestigious. And so in the span of a day, she gets fired and then Promoted. by the end of it, she's making twice as much money. Um, and then two weeks after that, um, the new year starts. And I'm like, I'm going to change the world this year. This is my year where things are going to change. And I had all these plans for money, finances. And a week into it, we find out my wife's pregnant before she's even started this new job. Uh, which kind of throws off the career plans, but it's great news in a totally different sense. And then six weeks after that, Black Panther comes out. And I had someone say to me, hey, why don't you rank all the MCU villains? So after Black Panther comes out, I put my normal MCU ranking out. It does great. And then three days after that, I put out this MCU villains ranking. Put it out. It does even better. And then three, four days after that, I put out my MCU heroes ranking. And it does fantastic. And basically, that he, the video on my channel with the most views is that MCU villains ranking I put out. And the one with the second most views is that MCU heroes ranking. So Black Panther came out. And in the, the week after that, I put out these two videos that transformed my life. They're the reason that I'm going to be changing my job in the next uh, um, you know, uh, month or so. Because of these two videos that I put out in a one-week period of time and just got enormous number of views, huge number of subscribers. When I ask people what their first video was, they say, oh, I think it was about MCU villains right there <laughs> after Black Panther. And it's just awesome. cha it changed everything for, for my family, really. Absolutely, man. That's absolutely awesome. I, I, I love what I hear when you talk about, you know, from the jump, 
treating it as a job. That's something that I'm that I'm doing now. I'm I'm freshly graduated, been graduated for like six months, having a really hard time finding a job. I'm one of those like millennials who like is floundering in student loan debt and, and really can't find a job. And like my fiance was just like, you know, this is basically what my degree in is digital media. And she's like, just do it. Like, just, just do it. Like, just, just, you know, go for it. And we're in a good space now where, where we can do that. And she's supportive. And I, I just turned down a job last week that would have paid me like 15 bucks an hour, but it wouldn't have worked with, with what I wanted to do here. It wouldn't have worked with right. what my vision was. And so I completely understand with, with, with what you're saying there. Do you think, was it always, you know, as supportive was, was your, cause my fiance, luckily right now we haven't had like too many hardships, but I, I can imagine at some point, you know, having a family and having people that, you know, you, you need to provide for, there could be a time when it's like, like you said, you know, this maybe isn't working out and we, we, we got to look at, you know, maybe putting this to the side for now and really, really getting a, a more serious job or, you know, changing position somewhere. Um, I mean, my wife was always very supportive entirely. Uh, to a level that looking back on it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, there's, I had a lot of personal struggles at the point in time when I started this channel. I mean, I was in a very bad place, had kind of shipwrecked our life. And so I started up the channel just kind of passing the time. And she always heavily supported me. And when I first started, you know, I was putting out a few videos per week, had the free time because I didn't have a job for, <laughs> at the first point in time, and then got a job in, you know, still kind of a slight little thing. I wasn't really even going to the movies when I first started this channel, which is kind of the funny thing. I started this channel and didn't go to the movies until six months later okay. when the new year started. And I told my wife, like, I'm, I'm going to, I want to take this seriously. What's my movie ticket budget or something? Like, I, I had to ask that question. She's like, I mean, do what you got to do. Just, pursue it and see what you can do. She's always very supportive and didn't really kind of put limits on it. She'd just be reasonable. Um, and there's no way to really describe what it's like to have someone who is in your corner, like 100%. Like it just, yeah. even just retrospectively looking back on it, like there's nothing, there's no amount of money that, that someone could give me like right now that could change like the feeling that I have knowing that someone's completely in your corner. Right. Right. I mean, it. like when you, when I don't have to worry about, um, any, like anything she, I mean, if I told her I was going to spend $1,500 on a camera, she would fire back. I mean, we'd have, that would probably wouldn't go great. But at the same time, I have spent a lot of money on YouTube courses, like getting the best training I can to do this the best I can. And when I did that, we had back and forths and I've, she's allowed me to do every single one of those. Now she on the flip side to that, she knows if I do something like that, I'm going to take it seriously. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to, and I'm going to do everything I can to get the most out of it. She knows I'm not going to just say crazy things. Uh, it's well thought out. I'm going to have a plan. I'm going to explain it to her. And so she could trust me on a lot of these things. And I think some of it, uh, just kind of looking back, you know, she, she knows I'm a person that just naturally creates things. That's what I, that which my hobby is, is just making stuff. I like at the end of the day to be able to say, look, that thing exists because I did work today. And so I've done blogging stuff before, writing types things. Now YouTube's obviously the one that's kind of taken over. And so she'd seen that. And I did a ton of music projects too. She'd seen that for the 10 years prior to me starting the YouTube channel. And so her supporting me in it, like she knows what that looks like for me to have a hobby that I put a bunch of time into. But right, I mean, you, one, you, you, you gain that trust over time. And I yeah. think that that's very similar to me. Like I've, 
when I was in college, I started writing for uh, like a website that covers the NFL. I do like the college scouting and stuff like that. But I've always wanted to do something involving movies. I always wanted to take it to another level. And so you sort of gain that trust over time. That way, when you want to dive into something, they're like, okay, well, we know what what, what him working and what him you know dedicated looks like. So they have no problem with putting their trust in you and your work ethic. Right. And, and I think there's a side to it also of um, it doesn't it it didn't seem like I was doing something crazy. I wasn't doing something where I wasn't there wasn't a future. Um, like, so I, like I said, I've done a lot of music stuff. And I think if I had said, I, I'm going to pursue music as a career now. And I was like, I'm going to be a singer in a band. She'd be like, um, that's not your primary skill set. <laughs> like, that's not like you can do that as a hobby. And I've been a coach to a lot of other people who've turned into much better talent than I have, or they have far more natural talent. And then I've kind of maybe helped them a little bit to turn that into something more. But I'm not A-list in any sense musical talent, not playing, not singing, not any of it, not writing, any of it. It's just something I enjoy doing. And she sees that about me. And so then when my thing that I've been kind of obsessed about in my free time, movies, TV, stuff like that, and then... I say I want to spend time on that, and she knows I can I can say things in an articulate, energetic manner that people want to listen. She knows that about me, and so then she can back me in pursuing it and going all in on it, and she knows that I commit to things and can figure out how to make them work. And so because of all that, that there's a history that allowed her to trust me. No, I like what you said about you being, you know, sort of having a, a charismatic, sort of articulate feel. I've always felt that you sort of, like I said, I found you, you know, you know, a very long time ago, and was, you know, just kind of like I was like, man, I, I can relate to this guy. You have sort of this sort of every kind of guy, like sort of like an American, just typical male kind of feel to you. And I think that is very endearing because, you know, we see like, I you can read like Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. I don't, I don't really listen. They, they really don't connect with me. Some YouTube channels do, but I think you tap into something that is a part of the American male psyche that a lot of people can't like you come off like an everyday man. And I think that's just a, a part of you being natural. It's just, it's, I feel like I'm naturally listening to you, you know, like from what, what I've seen on you on YouTube. And then what I've heard in interviews is exactly what I'm interacting with now. Now. Right. And I think that's what I, I didn't really overthink exactly what my style was going to be or anything like that, but I wanted it to feel like a normal person. Uh, like when you, which sounds at, simple, but I mean, it's, it's very difficult. Right. And I mean, you just kind of, there's like, I feel pressure to be more I, more of a movie critic. I feel pressure from not even anyone in particular, but just in a general sense of like, all right, I'm I, to be taken seriously. I need to watch movies like this and talk about movies like this. And people ask me like, oh, what's your list of best movies of the year? And what's your and what 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 movies do you think should have been on the Oscar best pictures and things like that? And I I feel like I'm playing a character when I jump into that realm. I'm trying to guess what other people would put there. It's not. I just don't think that way. And so just trying to continue to be who I am and not uh, change that too much. And, you know, there's little elements of it. Like when I first started, I had a little bit more of that flavor of I like Van Damme. I like throwback action movies that isn't quite there as much because my channels evolved in what to, to be something that's for a broader audience. But that's still in me. I still talk about that. I still put out an Expendables ranking this past week because that's something that I wanted to do, even though it, did, it didn't do great. But it's something I still want to do that still has my personality as part of it. And it's just 
like having a perspective of, I don't think that my opinion's any better than anyone else's. I might be able to articulate it a little bit better. I might be able to argue it a little bit better. I might have a better knowledge of things to notice in movies, but whatever you like, you like, and that's cool. And that's that's the fun part that we can we can talk about and disagree with it. And it's interesting to me when we have huge disagreements. That's interesting to me that you would watch some movie that I'm like, oh, this is not good. And they find something in it that they really like. Like like with Venom, I watched it. And I was like, this is kind of enjoyable, but not a very well-made movie. And then a bunch of other people watch it. And it's like, finally, a movie like this. And that's exactly what they've always wanted. That's interesting to me. And uh, that's what I try to have in my videos is an appreciation for different opinions and that uh, it's cool that we like different things. Yeah, it's all it's all very welcoming. Like even at the majority, I don't know how long you've been doing you know this sort of intro, but before you even rank anything, you're like, hey, let's have a nice, lively discussion. You know, let's keep it respectful. Let's keep it civil down there in the comments section, and it's it's wonderful. Like I said, I mean, we've had interactions in, in, in the comments where I've disagreed maybe with way that you you ranked an MCU movie, but it's always been sort of civil, and it's always been, hey, you like what you like, and it's just different over here on my end of the world. You know, my brain does something different with it, and it's just it's it's very refreshing. I find your brain brand of of the way you interact with the fans the way you are very welcoming of others opinions I find it I find it very refreshing and and you know you alluded to maybe not having that same sort of like oh I love Van Damme or whatever like thing but that's how you hooked me and as you've evolved and and done more things I've stuck around because of the core of what Sean Chandler is and the kind of guy that you are and, and I can relate to that well oh, thank you I appreciate it that's good that I accomplished that I was able to have some sort of uh, distinct flavor to my channel that's appealing. Absolutely. Well, I want to dive, go go back in time a little bit okay. real quick. Just go back in time a little bit and just talk about where, what was, were movies always a part of something that you did or was it comic books or whatever when you were growing up? Like what, what was, what was, what did, what did childhood Sean Chandler do with his free time? Was it always movies with cartoons or what? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think. Did you I grow up in Texas? I was born in California, moved to Texas when right after my seventh birthday. Okay. Oh, uh, um, yeah, right around my seventh birthday, I moved to Texas, and I've been in the Austin area since then, essentially. I went to college in South Carolina. Other than that, I've been in the Austin area. And um, so I didn't have, like, a person that was, like, my – that was obsessed with movies that was, like, my entry point or anything like that. Um, you know, my dad never took me to the movies cause he was a smoker. And so I don't think I ever went to a movie with my dad cause he didn't want to go that long without a cigarette. That's how my reason. grandpa is like to this day. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and he, you know, I remember, you know, we'd watch, I remember watching when I was very young, Top Gun with the family, Star Trek four with the family. Um, and I, you know, I don't know exactly how, where all of it came from, but uh, my sister, mom, and I were just got really into kind of nerd culture, kind of. I remember in night, summer 1989, Batman came out. And so we collected all the cards. I still got them. I have the binder right next to me right now. That's awesome. And the full set of the, the, the trading cards for the movie. And then we went to go see Star Trek V at a theater in small town New Mexico. And if they didn't sell 20 tickets, they weren't going to show the movie. And there's this distinct memory from that summer. And just uh, somewhere in there, we got kind of nerd culture. We started going to Star Trek conventions. Uh, my mom wouldn't, it was like a movie buff or anything like that, but just went, took us to the movies a lot. And we would record movies off TV all the time. Like, and so we always, and we'd have like VHS tapes with three movies on them. 
Yeah, been there. And my, been there. And, and we had a whole number system too. Like my mom had a piece of paper, and so tape one had these movies on it, and um, and like I remember when the 1990 Flash TV show came out, that was huge. And the day it premiered, um, I wanted to record it, and so I was like, Dad, I got to record this. I got to record this. I got to record this. <laughs> and we didn't have a blank tape, and so the the way it worked out is we picked up my mom's copy of Flash Dance. And recorded over Flash Dance with the That's Flash so pilot. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so mom comes home and wants to watch Flash Dance, and then you know John Wesley Ship is on there in his red costume, and um, and then the, so I've She's never like, seen, Sean did it. Sean did it. <laughs> and I've never seen Flash Dance in its entirety, but at the end of the Flash, the credits start rolling, and then it cuts to the final shot in Flash Dance, and so the song's <laughs> playing and everything. So I've seen that like a hundred times. Um, but it's just like that's kind of what my childhood was. And then my sister and I would ride our bikes up to the comic book store uh, every Saturday. And I was in the third grade. And then I went to this comic book store, got to talk to our class about I don't, I don't, I don't know why. Like, just guy came in is like, yeah, I used to work in corporate world. And my dream is always to have a comic book store. And so I opened it. And it was Sean's Comics was the name of it. So that was appealing to me that it was called Sean's Comics. Everyone looked at Sean. You're like, hey, look at that. <laughs> It's your comic uh, shop, man. And so that's where we went every weekend. And ironically, the the exact building where Sean's Comics was at is now one of the paint stores that I deliver out of every no. week. No, uh, and, that's incredible. And, and so sometimes uh, by chance, I'll tell the, like run into some of the employees. I was like, I actually grew up around here. See that little spot between the two fences right there? That's where my sister and I 25 years ago would ride our bikes through we'd come through walk around in two bays down in this building we're in right now it um was the comic book store we went to and, and it's literally 30 feet away not not a large building a small building in a long strip and i'm 30 feet away from where my sister and i used to ride our bikes to and but yeah that's that was our kind of childhood and so star trek was huge of course loved star wars i've never been someone that was like star trek star wars which one is it like, i've always been yeah both they're not even the same genre <laughs> why do why do you have to choose like why yeah. do you have to choose i i hate things where it's like do you like MC, do you like the mc or like dc i'm like both like i don't know i don't know why we have to be so like one team or the other why can't i like both i like comic books in general so there you go right it doesn't make it like i don't i don't even understand where people are coming from on some of this stuff like star trek and star wars I don't even think they're the same genre. One is fantasy and one is science fiction. Like they're not, they're You're not like the pick same. one, damn it. Pick one. You're like, I don't care. Like I like them both. Like, I don't know what your problem yeah, is. They're, they're feeding different things. And that's a good thing that we have both. Likewise, Marvel and DC, they approach things from different angles and that's cool. And so there's you can enjoy both of them simultaneously. Yeah, very easily. I can enjoy both of them. And what's funny, sometimes like people, Get, go after me like this is proof that you're a Marvel fanboy because you. I've don't seen like that it. in your comments. You're a Marvel shill. Like I'm like, dude, no, what are you talking about? Like, but, relax. It, it like the craziest one is so a month ago I put out a video that was my top ten favorite comic book movies or top ten best comic book movies of all time. On that video, someone accused me of being a Marvel fanboy. The number one movie, well, Superman, right? Superman. Number <laughs> yeah. three, The Dark Knight. Number five, Batman Begins. Like, we yeah. have I have DC from this century on that video. I just don't have DCEU on that list for good reason. For, and it, like, <laughs> yeah, right. And it's like, I, 
I'm not saying anything like controversial by not putting those movies on that list. I, there's strong arguments for why they're not on that list that you don't have to make yourself. <laughs> right. Like I don't, right. Like I don't, I, I don't even understand why we're having this conversation. Like, but yeah, DCU fanboys, I think have been the, some of the most delusional and I like the DCEU. I Same. really like Man Same. of Steel. I am not a hater at all of the DCEU. I'm very confused by like just this week they announced they're doing the trench or like the movie the trench is in the works for the dceu have you heard about this yeah and I'm, I'm so confused by it i have like the same right. like i'm like what is it what's it gonna be is it aquaman sequel i don't know right like, like that's weird and that they would announce that like that they'd say oh yeah we're working on the trench spinoff for aquaman we don't have man of steel 2 in the works but you're doing the trench that's so weird. Yeah, That's just make Henry Cavill a producer and leave me alone. I don't care about the trench. Yeah. Just right. <laughs> give me Man of Steel 2 and leave me alone. And, and that doesn't mean I'm a DCU hater. It just means I want common sense. Like, let's have well, something. Logically, it just makes no sense. Right. Like, yeah. th there's, like... Ample, like there's stuff that's easy to tee off on. If you make a safe, obvious Superman movie that's non-divisive, you'll make a ton of money. If you do this weird art, weird auteur takes that are kind of divisive, Zack Snyder, kind of a cynical filmmaker. And I love Zack Snyder. I am not a hate. I very much enjoy Zack Snyder's work, but he was always a weird fit for Superman. Just if you understand his work and who Superman is, that's a weird take. That's going to be divisive. I really like it, but I totally understand why people watch Man of Steel and they go, why is Superman so broody? This doesn't fit. This isn't right. That's a reasonable thing for someone to say. And that's what DCU's kind of tried to do is they have this weird auteur take on it that's kind of outside the box. Like, no, just if you deliver a safe version of Superman, people will show up in droves. It's literally putting a ball on a tee and telling, like, King Griffith Jr. hit a home run. Like, you have the most – you have the two most, you know, iconic superheroes. And if you would just make safe movies about them, you sure. would make you – would, you would print your own money at this point. Right. People, people are dying for those movies. You would print your own money. Yeah, so yeah. I absolutely Bastard. agree with what you're saying, but it it has this weird like I, when when I was a kid I was I'm still into sports like heavy into sports and I wasn't super into movies my dad was and that was kind of my gateway a little bit was was through him and then but it, the DCEU versus MCU it just reminds me so much so much of of of, of sport culture and I know you are big uh, in, in, into the UFC and they got a big uh, a bit a big fight tonight I do a, an, an, an MMA podcast at some point I wouldn't mind getting you on there I don't want to put you on the spot about that but you know growing up in Texas was sports always a part of your life as well growing up um, so yeah I um. I think I'm too competitive to do sports for too long or get too into it. Um, so my dad, you were the kid who like slammed his bat when he struck out. Like, yeah, well, and so, uh, <laughs> me and sports, how, how did just, you actually really went to school with, the, you actually went to, you actually went to, went to school with a guy who like played professional baseball. Yeah. Kelly was, Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he, I don't know where he's at now, but he, I actually knew him. Um, so I've told some stories and stuff mentioned like, oh, yeah, these people went to high school with. I mentioned in my Expendables one, like Glenn Powell. I went to the same high school as him. I went to the same high school as uh, um, uh, Angry Joe. I don't know them. Like I'm not saying that they just happened to go to the same high school as me. Right. Kelly Johnson, I actually knew him. I have a couple stories about him. And I guess it would. It, I can say – Technically speaking, I have played baseball with him. That is a technically a true statement. Now, 
I was cut at the first cut of the baseball team. So I played with him and they went, hey, Kelly, you can stay on the team. And then with me, they, they cut me as quickly as they could. But so I grew up playing baseball, basketball, football in elementary school. Football was cut by middle school. Kept playing basketball, um, non-anything competitive. Uh, I was actually pretty good at baseball, but um, never like a big hitter. But I could always hit the ball. Um, right, make I solid score, contact. I, I could make solid contact. And then... Um, like on the league that I was playing, I was very good on my team. At least one season, my team finished in first and I, you know, I, I can catch, but I can't throw it all. I have never been able to throw or shoot with anything with accuracy at all, but I could catch it the reverse. I could put my hand in the right place for the ball to go into my glove. Um, and I could hit the ball and swing and hit it, but the actual throwing, not, not good at that at all. And so, uh, yeah, I, going into high school, I tried out for the baseball team. And I just, I just didn't have, I wasn't a driven person at the time. Uh, it's too kind of in my own mind and you know, things that have turned out well for me as I've gotten older. When it comes to a team and sports, it you just have to be a little bit more focused and driven and so um, and assertive. And I wasn't assertive at all, so I got cut very quickly from the baseball team. And by, I think by my sophomore year, sports playing it kind of ended for me. Uh, I never really. I, I well, I followed sports growing up when I was with my dad. Um, the classics of uh, with John Elway, Broncos, Arrow, Joe Montana. Um, when we moved from California to Texas, Will Clark was huge at, for the Giants, and then he moved to Texas. Was on the Texas Rangers, and then the early '90s, the Dream Team: Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, uh, uh, um, Michael Jordan. All, you know that team that was all huge, huge for me growing up. It had a lot of the action figures of the Dream Team toys. Somewhere I, I think I still have those too. And but then as kind of got older and not as connected to my dad, I, I didn't follow sports as much. So I haven't really followed sports since then. But you still you still follow the UFC, right? Yeah. I, 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 I kind of picked that up. I know you wear the shirt every now and then and all that sort of thing. I don't follow it as well as I wish I could because I don't know the entry point to learn everything. That's kind of uh -huh. the tricky part. And I don't have someone to watch it with. And so I kind of follow it in this weird I'll Skype right? in. I'll just Skype you in. <laughs> that, that would probably be good. <laughs> and so I, like, I, it's, it's one that I've wanted to get into. I've wanted to be able to follow better. But uh, like the actual being up to date on it, I haven't been able to do that. And so I watch the fights later on and things like that. And, For sure. Um, so it's, it's not a very good version of following it. If I could get up to date, I would be very much interested in doing that. No, I like what you said also about being driven and at different points in your life. I was pretty driven in high school. I was actually cut a couple times from the tennis team, and you know I used that as like motivation. And sort of by my senior year, I had got a scholarship to go to a small school in Kansas to play tennis. And once I got there, I was like, well, I kind of made it in a way. Like that's all I wanted. I, I wanted to prove people wrong. Like I wanted to prove that guy wrong who cut me. I had a girlfriend at the time, and the moment that my knee had like a sprained ligament, I was out of there. I hated that small yeah. town. Then I came back home. So were there any sort of, you know, things that you learned, you said you're very competitive, anything you can take from your sport days or just in, in high school or anything that drove you to you can be like, you know what, maybe that's why I'm successful to this day is because this happened or, you know, this person didn't think I could do something and it kind of drives me to this day subconsciously. Um, well, I think for me, one thing that's I, – th I think I'm pretty good at knowing where I'm actually good at things and where there's a cap on my potential. 
Uh, it might take me a little bit to kind of figure that out. So I spent a good bit of time in doing music stuff thinking, oh, I'm going to make it. And then I, I had a moment where I, okay, no, that's not going anywhere. And then I started doing some public speaking stuff and I went, okay, this, the response to me doing this is much better than to me doing music. I'm actually good at this. And so I, I've been pretty good at picking up on that. And I don't like to set myself up to, to fail. I don't want to dedicate a bunch of time to sports stuff where I'm going to just make a fool of myself. So it's easy for me to, okay, okay, I, I'm not good at this being competitive in sports. I don't like being competitive in sports because I'm not on that level to where I can actually do well. So I don't need, I can do that for fun sometimes, but I'm not going to dedicate a ton of energy to that. And so I think there's things like that that have kind of helped to have some of it. Um, I, you know, I, I, I how to, don't want to try to say things appropriately in regards to this. Um, you know, I feel like I've. Let's take your time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to, um, yeah, be very careful in my wording on some of this. I, I spent a lot of time in church world, um, and you know, still a very churchy person, so I don't want to not, but. You're, 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 you're not trying to bash anything in terms of it's, yeah, and I still attend the church that I worked at and everything, and that was where my friends are at. I was at the gym yesterday with guys from that church. My friend Andy, that started a channel, he's been in a couple of my videos. He was one of my former students and still you know church stuff. So, um, but as kind of in a uh, working there, I always felt like 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 people didn't care who I was in the professional world. Um, I don't know how to, I don't know how to say that quite right. With maybe you feel underappreciated maybe in a way. Underappreciated. Or? Like in my corner, there were people that thought I was great people at my church, but like associated churches and things like that. There were just certain things that I just never felt like I got any traction, like anyone who had any interest in who I was and tried to you do couldn't get the respect that you deserve. Like the time uh, you were putting in, maybe you didn't feel you were getting it back. Yeah, that sort of thing. And there were things I tried to do. And I know that they're like, I mean, one thing, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever said this publicly, but like I had a job interview about three years ago in church world that it, it kind of broke me um, because I was so qualified for what I was going for. The people that were, tr there were people trying to get me in this, the person would have been my direct boss was trying to get me for this position. And um, then just this, like the stupid corporate aspect of it um, was where things fell apart. Like someone that was just like bonker stuff. Like you tapped your foot too much in the interview. Um, you, when when we asked a question, oh, yeah. you made eye contact with the person that asked the question. You didn't scan the room, and so we thought that that was kind of weird. It's like those are literally the stupidest reasons I've That's ever so heard. So gross. About. Yeah, it's like uh, what are you talking about? And I and I was probably through some things given probably too much information about why I I didn't get the get the job, but it was the sort of thing that made me go, I never want to feel like this again. I don't want to be in a position where um, stupid things are making me feel inadequate for a job that clearly I'm overqualified for. I'm I wouldn't have applied for this if not for the fact that someone that I know very well is asking me to, um, and that that really kind of changed my thinking on what I want to do with the rest of my life. Hey, prior to even that job interview, a friend of mine had asked me, "What would you if you could do anything? What would you want to do for a living?" And I said, "I'd just like to be a content creator for myself." At the time, I was doing blogging stuff, um, but um, so it you know it was a very different type of world. But same exact 
thing for me in regards to what I'm doing on YouTube of I want to put my ideas out there and work for myself and my effort, my strategy, my thoughts going into that's what matters, not if I tap my foot. Um, and so that to loop back to some things I said before when I said I had those job interviews in fall 2017, those were very healing for me in that they were good job interviews that went went well or when they – like one of the jobs I didn't get it, but when they told me why, I went, okay, that's a good reason. I I can respect what you're saying and I agree with you. I would be a bad fit based off what you just said. Saying I'm a bad fit because I tapped my foot means you're an idiot. Um, so yeah. – like man, I got. Just, I'm not gonna lie, man. I got. You gave me goosebumps, man. That's, that's music to my ears. Talking about how you want to, you know, you knew, you know, at that point, it's like I want to be a content creator. That's what I want to do. I want to do it for myself. I want to put my ideas out there, and I'm, I'm. I mean, I, it amazes me. I mean, you're doing it, man. You're absolutely living the dream, man. And I couldn't. You couldn't have been a better guy. The dream. You will, though. No, I have full faith, man. It, it literally. I'm so happy that I got to talk to you. You're the same person. I can attest to anyone listening to this who doesn't listen to the podcast. He's the same person that you see on screen as he is in person. And hopefully when we get the the uh, video side up, this is something that we can do again or, or maybe do something together, man. I really enjoyed the heck out of this, brother. I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me once again. Actually, if you talk with me in person, I'm a lot shyer. If we were actually face-to-face, I would have a different personality. But as long as we're talking over computer, um, yeah, I try to try to be the same. We're good to go. Well, I mean, if you learned anything from this interview, it's uh, if you have a dream, you have a goal. Go get it. Go achieve it. Sean Chandler did it. I'm trying to do it. Heck, we're going to do it here on The Culture Cult. And uh, I'm going I'm to send it back to a future self in an episode. Once again, thanks to Sean Chandler. You can find him on YouTube at Sean Chandler Talks About and on Twitter at Kirk never died. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Thank you, past self. I kind of like that joke when I was doing it, kicking it to a future self in an interview. This is my future self. Everyone knows if you're a listener of the podcast how much I love time, past, present, and future. Oh my God. Not so, again. <laughs> so yeah, that was very exciting. That was an awesome interview. And once again, I have to thank Sean for his time, uh, just how generous he was with that and how open and honest he was in the interview. And I hope this is something that obviously we're not going to hit him up every week or whatever, but maybe in the future when we get our video side up and we get a little bit of traction on that, maybe we can have him on again and do something in that realm. But once again, just want to thank, thank Sean so much for, for his time. Yeah. Uh, was it? And maybe next time you can be around for it. That'd be awesome. I will also be throwing up with you. <laughs> I'll take the tub. You can have the toilet. Every time I talk to Sean, I just throw my guts up. That'd be awful. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. We're going to have two more episodes this week per usual, get back on track. But this was something that, once the opportunity arose, we had to do this. Had to seize it. Had to take it. Had to seize that opportunity. As Eminem, the great rapper, once said. What does he say? I'm, I'm oh, gonna, you're, asking, you're telling yeah. me uh, you only got one shot. Do not miss your chance to. Well, you have butchered this song. Oh. If you had one, one shot, shot. Do not miss your chance no, to No, one blow? opportunity Oh, to seize everything you ever wanted. One moment. Would, Would you, you capture, capture it, it? Or just let it slip? And I think we captured it. So okay. this has been episode 11 of the culture call. Once again, thank you to Sean Chandler, our guest also known as Sean Chandler talks about on YouTube. I'm sure you already subscribed to him, but if you aren't, please go give him a subscription and also follow him on Twitter at 
Kirk never died. Any closing thoughts, Drake? Closing thoughts, uh, nope, just again, proud of you. Thank you. I won't throw it back for this episode. Good. Catch you guys later. Yeah.